This is Jeremy here with Eric, your hosts of Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. This week, we have Mike Gaffin, a.k.a. the Boston Trucker, a legend in the trucking community. But before we jump in, I want to recap what's been going on in Eric's life. This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. All right. Since last episode, this past weekend, very rare occurrence, actually had a bachelor party in Lake Winnipeg, 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 in, <laughs> in like... <laughs> There's Pen- a lake name. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in Pennsylvania near the New York border with a crazy group of 20 guys. It was a wild weekend. To say the least, a lot of boating, a lot of breweries and all that stuff. So came in, came in hot off the weekend. Dude, how many beers do you think you crushed that? Too many to count, to be honest. I actually probably don't even want to know the number. It was one of those weekends. And then, and then we came in on Monday and I was hoping to get home, you know, lick my wounds that night a little earlier. And then we happened to have a delivery of some boots coming here actually to the office in North Reading, Massachusetts. And we had a pleasant surprise, which is <laughs> the truck was a few hours late. So it was coming in around 6.30. And then we also figured out they had 13 pallets of boots on it and didn't have a lift gate or any type of mechanism to get the boots actually <laughs> off the truck. That so that kind of ruined Friday and we scrambled and luckily we called our buddy who's our neighbor, Mike Destasio. He's a, he's in the bay next to us. He has some Bobcats. His was tied up at a job, but he ended up calling Bobcat of Boston and they ended up giving him a brand new Bobcat with Dude, forks. Crazy. He drove it down the street here actually and it was pretty crazy. I mean, we had to unload 13 pallets of boots off of a truck that was being delivered here ourselves, which is crazy if we didn't have Mike or Bob Cat of Boston. <laughs> I don't know how we would have done it. So that was a pretty wild Monday that wasn't expected in the deck. And and here we are. So, you know, bender of a weekend turned into a late, mo- really late Monday night calling friends and in favors. And yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is a big thanks to, to both Bob Cat of Boston and Mike Destasio, because we would have been pretty screwed otherwise. Dude, my weekend also involves a tractor trailer. I think this is a theme for the podcast this week, but I got a hay delivery from Canada and we have to unload 30 to 40 pound bales, 750 of them by hand. <laughs> so me, Michael, Jenny, and and some of the people from the barn, we unload this thing and it's quite the workout. It's, I mean, it was a nice day. It wasn't that hot, so that was good, but... Dude, it's awesome. We got this old John Deere conveyor that's on some sketchy barrel, and we're like, don't knock it off. And one of these days when it does, it's going to it's gonna be quite the scene. But yeah, 750 bales is no joke. Wow. But uh, What time you start? So I prepped the night before. All the horses have to be in their stalls, and like everybody's gone. The, the truck from Canada shows up the night before. He actually stays in the lot at our house, and then uh, I'll position the, the conveyor and everything. They don't want all that noise because our hayloft is above the stall. So we want to put the horses out yep, prior yep. to dropping bales yep. on the stall. So probably around seven o'clock we start that. And then depending on how good we go or 
whatever. You know, it's probably about four hours. A lot of pre-workout and everybody leaves there sore, but yeah, it was fun. It was an absolute blast. Sweet, sweet. All yeah. right, let's dive in. Sounds like a pretty crazy uh, weekend for both of us and totally different things going on, but let's dive into the Boston Trucker. Hell yeah. All right, today we're here with Mike Gaffin, aka the Boston Trucker. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. You are our second podcast of the season three. So we're really excited to have you. And you are a truck driver by trade, correct? Correct. How'd you get started? My dad was a trucker. And he was a teamster when I was a kid. And I used to ride with him when I was started when I was about six years old. Back in the 70s, you know, no frills truck. I'd sit on a hood milk crate, no seat belt, no air conditioning, no stereo. Vent windows. No <laughs> vent windows, no air ride, no sound control, and no whining back then. Yeah. That's truckers didn't whine back then. They just got it done. Yeah. And then in 1980, he started driving over the road because a lot of the Teamster outfits were going out of business. And so he got a cab over truck with a bunk in it. We headed to Chicago, and I was hooked in trucking from that moment on, I knew that's what I was going to do. That's awesome. So you're obviously the Boston trucker, but where in Massachusetts are you based out of? I grew up in Brockton, Shoe City, by the way, and uh, I live in Waltham. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you work for a construction company? I work for A. Cardillo and Sons. We're an excavation company, do demolition and make our own materials. Awesome. So... How did you get your start? I know you worked with your father and you got the itch and you got the bug, mm -hmm. but but how'd you get into it? I mean, there's a lot of licensing and stuff behind it. Though. Yeah. So my dad taught me how to drive when I was real young. By the time I was 14 and 15, I could double clutch with the best of them. <laughs> and on summer vacations, we'd run coast to coast together and I'd do some driving nighttime. Yeah. He'd take a little short nap. <laughs> but all along, he would tell me, Are you not going to be a truck driver? I didn't work this hard for you to be a truck driver over my dead body. You're going to be a truck driver. So I'd start kind of hiding my passion for it, but it kept dangling it in my face. Yeah. So by the time I was in high school, I knew how to drive a truck. Yeah. I knew how to shift gears. I wasn't proficient in backing up yet. So there was a local driving school that would charge $50 a lesson. Yeah. So after school, I'd pay him $50. And I took three lessons, two hours a lesson. And the guy took me down to state police in Hanover, Mass., and I want to get my license. I had my license. I was still in high school when I was 18. Some of those maneuvers are crazy. Like, was it a blindside docking? Yeah, blindside, straight side. You got to do a, a pre-trip, an air brake check. Yeah. But it was kind of basic then because now it's so technical. I don't, probably couldn't even pass a test now. I mean, I've been it, doing this for like 31 years. It's wild. And, and now they got like the DOT physicals. I mean, there's just mm -hmm. so much maintenance to the... Yeah, yeah. Jeremy knows a little too much about trucking because he was a <laughs> diesel mechanic. Okay. I know zero for, for the people and our listeners that know nothing. Give us like the highest level. And as I think about trucking, you know, you guys are moving the earth. You're moving products all across the country. From your perspective, at the, the most extreme high level, like as a professional trucker, what do you have the most pride in? Give me a, that highest level of what's going on. I mean, where everything that you see comes to your house, comes from a truck, whether it's milk, whether it's building products, shoes, food, Everything. We're moving it. That's what we do. And uh, without us, the nation would stop because truckers run the nation, basically, you know? Well, it's crazy, too. You guys are hurting for drivers, right? There's, there's a driver shortage? It's all, there's always been a driver shortage now more than ever. Yeah. 
And uh, it's, yeah, it's really hard to find drivers. It's a hard job because it's hard to get guys that want to do this kind of work nowadays. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of work. I got a guy that, that delivers our hay, comes down from Canada, mm -hmm. and but he goes all the way down to Florida, and he says he, he's gone five days a week. So he comes back to, like, shower, and then yep. he's on the road again. Yeah. He goes, if you can tailor your lifestyle in a way that, like, that works for you, you make all the money in the world doing this. And he enjoys it. So, you know, he comes back tucks his kids in and back out again. Yeah. But he's home on the weekends, you know? Well, the key is lifestyle. Yeah. And trucking, to me, and to a lot of the people that I know, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And when you're not trucking, you're thinking about trucking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair to the family that your mind is on trucking and getting back in the truck. Yeah. And that's more for over-the-road guys, Yeah. and which I did for 20 years, but it's always on a lifestyle. So, so that's important. So it sounds like, and I don't know anything about it, mm -hmm. there's different types of trucking. There's guys going mm -hmm. cross country. That sounds like that's over the road. Yes. What you're doing now is different. Correct. So. so so I started driving when I was 18. As soon as I got out of high school, I was driving local for about nine months. And you legally can't leave the state till you're 21. This is back in 88, 89. Mm -hmm. But I was itching to go, and I worked for a company called Land Transport in Framingham, Mass. They're out of business, so I can say that, and you don't have to cut that. <laughs> they had they had a driver calling sick one night, and they're like, "Hey, we got a load going to Indiana. You want to go?" And I was off to the races, and I ran coast to coast for the next twenty years, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years wow. old, right Whoa. till I had my first kid, and absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. It was hard work. I ran illegal every day. Never ran a, a legal day in my life. The, the years I rode, ran over the road. And that's part of the lifestyle. It's different nowadays. Not everybody, most people are running legal. I say that with a wink. I mean, but now they got electronic logs. And electronic logs. And, and I got out before any of that, thank God. I got before, out before that and out before a lot of the emission stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I, I did it when it was fun. Yeah. And it was more of a brotherhood, a lot of camaraderie back then. And it was a good time. I, I, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I know why those rules and regulations are in place, but it just seems like it's overregulated now for a lot of smaller reasons. It's not doing the industry good a lot of the times. So the time limits, I mean, there's some guys that were driving 20 hours. Sure, but I'm an adult. I'm going to go to sleep when I'm tired. <laughs> I don't need a logbook or an electric logbook telling true. me when I got to go to bed and telling me you got to sleep during the daytime with yeah. the sun up and... Sometimes you can't sleep, but now now the computer says I got to go. Now I'm tired because I couldn't sleep all day. <laughs> it's yeah, a little right. too much re regulation, and the accidents are way up. Look at the videos you see on YouTube with these pileups. These truck drivers are driving tired. They're not sleeping when they're tired. They're sleeping when the computer tells them to. Yeah. Got it. That's interesting, uh -huh. actually. Yeah. The laws are causing more problems than anything. Yeah. It's people who never drove a truck sitting behind a desk looking at a a spreadsheet to making the rules. Well, we talked with the fishing industry and the, the guys were saying that it's so overregulated, you can't even make a business anymore. You, yeah. you, it just seems like anytime, you know, Big Brother comes down and makes a rule, it, it, it hurts our industries. Yeah. But, so. I mean, there are people who take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, I used to drive a 1,000 miles in 24 hours. Yeah. And was I wide awake? I think I was awake and I didn't do drugs and I didn't drink coffee. I drank a lot of That's solar crazy. pop. But... It's a lot of lost miles. Yeah. I mean, a lot of miles I don't remember. Yeah. And just, just, just going. You, you know, got over a million, you think? Oh, I got over three million. Yeah. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Accident free, Jeez. ticket free. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. One question. So I don't know when you actually consider your career started because you started with, you know, mm -hmm. senior dad and then you kind of rolled into it. But 
If you can rewind back when you kind of made the decision of, hey, you know, I want to get into trucking. If you can go back that far, maybe tell us when you thought it was. And at that point, what you were thinking your career was going to go and where you are today. My whole intention when I got into trucking was to just drive coast to coast till I died. That was the plan. I'd probably marry a, a stripper or a, or, a, or, a, or a shipping clerk or a waitress because pretty much those are the only women I would run into on the road yeah, yeah. back in the day, to be to be truthful. And I just thought I would live and die doing it. I mean, my dad did it till he was almost 70. Uh, he had to get out because of health reasons. But that was always the goal. I mean, my life is far from that now, though. You would have thought running coast to coast till as close to your diet as possible. Mm-hmm. When did you make the change? So, you know, I remember I remember making a trip one weekend. I loaded apples out of Yakima, Washington, going down to Deerfield Beach, Florida. And I had barely three days to get there. It's over 3,000 miles. And it was a holiday weekend. I remember hauling ass across Wyoming one day. It was a holiday. And I remember seeing all these people driving by in the cars, looking like they're going to the lake. And I just liked trucking. I didn't, I didn't know what vacation was. I didn't know what time off was. I just knew work and I enjoyed working. And I kind of started looking at those people and go, man, it's, it's probably more to life than just this. Yeah. And then the computers came out and my friends were computer dating. What's, what is this computer dating? <laughs> so one night I was going over to my friend Greg's house. We we're all going to go out to a club. It was one of the rare nights I was home. And uh, Greg was showing me all these girls he's going out. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I started playing with this computer and I signed up. And I go, you guys go without me. I'm going to do this computer stuff. <laughs> and then I started going out with girls from the computer. Got some girlfriends. Started realizing I want to be home a little more. I, I quit a job and got a job where I work local. And to me, working local means a Boston to Chicago, Boston to Virginia. Short yeah. day trips, I would call them. You know, I'd be home on the weekends, part of the weekend. Yeah. Yep. So I could go out with some girls, you know, and get a girlfriend. Because I hadn't had a girlfriend in a long time. And then I met my wife. I kept working regional where I would you know, I'd leave like Sunday night and get home maybe once during the week and I get home Friday night or Saturday. And then I kept doing that and doing that. Once she got pregnant with our son, that's when I decided that I should try and be home because my dad was gone pretty much my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see if I can try and do something different and be at home and be present for my kids. And uh, it was really hard though. It was really hard getting off the road. That was my real love. Until my son was born. Yep. Even for three years after I got off the road, I still felt like I had some place to go. And uh, yeah, it was it was tough. And I still I still missed running the road every day. I swear to God. Wow. <laughs> and it's been he's fifteen now. So it's yeah. been like, like 14, 15 years. <laughs> I wow. died the other day when I was watching one of your videos. You picked your daughter up from school. Yeah. When she was sick. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah. picked her up in the truck. Oh, yeah. no. Well, I mean, the that, real deal that's truck. us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we get out of whatever. And we, I mean, I showed up one day to daycare and I'm just a mess and it's hysterical. Yeah. What's crazy to hear is trucking is a job and a career, mm-hmm. but for you, it was a passion and an yeah. addiction and you had to like give that up right, to, to right. be with your family. But I haven't given it up, to be honest. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, I work local. I work for a good company, A. Cardillo and Sons in Waltham. And I work near home. I'm, I'm a half a mile from work. I pick up the kids every day after work. My schedule is, is 
start at six in the morning. I'm usually parking between four and five. Nice. Go pick them up at camp, pick them up at school, run them to sports. My company's so flexible. My kid gets sick. I go pick them up in the truck. They either ride with me in the truck all day. Or, or I'll go home if I have to, but they usually ride with me in the so truck. That's, so that's wild. That's actually a good high-level takeaway, too, Yeah, is the fact that if you want to travel, see the world, you're young, you want to mm-hmm. do something, you hop in, you're a long-haul trucker, you go coast to coast and see what you want to do, right? But th- then there's a pace that you could slow down when you finally settle down with a family. You can do some intrastate trucking. and Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people write to me and they ask me career advice on trucking, and right. I always say, if you really want to go over the road, do it while you're young. Yeah. Try it out. Some guys do it, you know, into their 70s, and it's a sacrifice for the family, but sometimes that's the only way they can make money. And it's got to be hard. It's got to be heartbreaking every day to leave. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure now with technology, when FaceTime, you can do that. But back in the day, it was pay phones or sitting at a truck stop phone at a table, you know, ironing out your problems. And it was tough. It's tough. Watching my dad do it, you know, he was gone, and my mother was in charge. Yeah. And that was the way it is. But when you come home, that the thing is with a lot over the road truckers, when they come home, now the focus is on them. And now I'm king of the house. Yes. And I'm, I'm focusing on how my dad was. You know, I'm king of the house and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And, uh, and you think, in, so son's 15 and- Daughter's 10. Daughter's 10. Yep. Eventually when they move on out of the house, mm-hmm. do you think you're going to go back to coast to coast? I, I don't think so now. At, at this point- I'd love to go a few weeks a year, just like it would be a vacation to me, maybe in my 60s. You know, you can't put a price on being home. I never knew that. And now that I'm home and I can have the best of both worlds, I drive a cool truck, I go to truck shows. Yeah, um, some of the trucks, the older trucks are awesome, restored, everything. It's, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love I love trucks. I love everything trucks. When I'm sitting at home, scrolling through my phone, I'm not looking, I'm not, my wife might think I'm looking at girls. Like she knows she knows me. It's trucks. And you, can, you, can, and you can never see enough trucks. So I, I get the best, best of both worlds. And I go I go to a couple of national truck shows every year. And we just took a family road trip. We went out to uh, Iowa and Wisconsin. We went to a truck show out there. So I get a taste of it still. It's wild. That's wild. Awesome. Awesome. So... When you think about trucking, it sounds like it's deciding what you really want to do. Yeah. You, forgetting the decision of, do you want to be on the road? Or, what's like the biggest challenge that comes into play? Is it sleep deprivation? Is it keeping the truck maintained? Like, sure. is it pulling in the weight? I don't. I know okay. nothing about this, so I'm speaking way out of school, but like, what's the big thing that you're like, always is in the back of your mind when you're trucking? Okay, there's a lot. <laughs> First of all, and there's so many positives, yeah. and most people focus on the negatives, right? which is about where I'm about to go. <laughs> but first of all, of course, the bad drivers. Yeah. And everybody wants to be in front of you, and nobody respects the size and the weight of the trucks. And people are pulling in front of you before they're even past you. So you're on high alert at all times. Then you get the parking situation. It's a, you have Now the computer is telling you you have to pull over within an hour. So now you're... Scrambling. If you're a good truck driver, plans this trip. Yeah. But you're scrambling for a parking spot. Parking spots are limited. Now there's food. With COVID, the truck stops, restaurants, a lot of them are closed. Truck drivers are eating worse than ever. They already eat bad enough. It's a hard lifestyle physically. And now there's a lot of fast food, pulling into a Walmart, stocking up your cooler. And then there's the sleep. I mean, you're supposed to get 10 hours of sleep a day. I, I, don't, I can't sleep 10 hours. <laughs> so you get the sleep issue and 
your nerves, you get weather. You always have to be looking ahead at the weather. Is there a storm coming in? See, back in the day, if there was a storm coming in, you would maybe keep pushing and keep pushing. Now the computer tells you you got to keep driving. So now you're driving into the storm or when you should be shutting down maybe and, and riding it out. And there's just so many factors. There's so many factors. It's a hard lifestyle. It takes its toll on your body. You become socially withdrawn. I know I personally have gone through that where I'm not comfortable in crowds. People think I'm like, oh, you're the Boston trucker. I'm, you know, you must love being like talking. No, I'm actually really shy and I'm not good at talking to people because I think I was alone for 20 years, <laughs> you know, just driving, talking to myself and talking on the CB radio, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, so it's, it's tough. It's a really tough lifestyle, but I, it was good to me. It's been good to me. Awesome. So <laughs> let's pivot. How did you go from second generation trucking to cross country trucking to building a lifestyle of it? to becoming what is known as the Boston trucker, which is a social sure. phenomenon, which are highly related, but highly unrelated. Sure. Well, back in the 90s, I was doing a lot of truck shows. Uh, I was doing like 160,000 miles a year and eight to 10 national truck shows a year. I was in a lot of magazines, trucking magazines like The Trucker, Trucker's News, Overdrive. Yeah. And... So I got a little bit of notoriety from that. I wasn't known as the Boston Trucker back then. Back then I was known as Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> and my son was born and I made a video one day. Hey, Nathan, it's your dad. I'm here on the job. And he was like two or three years old. And I put it on YouTube. I got some followers and I just kept making videos from there. And been the Boston Trucker on YouTube for 11 years now. And wow. TikTok and Instagram. Wow. I'm recognized... I don't do it to be famous for sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you love trucking. Because well, I love sharing my passion for yeah, trucking, yeah, yeah. and it's influenced a lot of people who were on the fence. And there are a lot of young kids who, you know, want to go into trucking. I always give them the disclaimer: you should go to college first, you know. And if that doesn't work out, use trucking as a background. Some kids they just they they, they know in. it; it's in their blood. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I just do it to share my passion. If, if, if I have five good followers, I'd be happy. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. So before we get into the fun stuff, for the listeners out there that might be thinking about trucking, mm -hmm. it sounds like for the right person, it's their adrenaline, it's their drug, it's their life, it's ever for the wrong person, it's the, probably yeah. the worst thing. Yeah. Young person that's thinking about, hey, do I want to get into trucking? What are the things to think about? If you're a company driver, never mind if you buy your own truck. If you're a company driver, you're either paid by the mile or you're paid on the clock. So if you pay by the mile, you have to drive a lot of miles to make a good living. Some weeks it's a hit, some some weeks it's a miss. So you got to decide if you're young, is that what I want to do? And or do you want to be on the clock and have a regular life? And that's the really decision. Decision you got to make, yeah. Mile versus clock. Got it. Mile versus clock home, whether or not home. Some drivers you don't have to be gone weeks at a time. You can be gone every other night. It, it, there's a lot of variety in trucking. There's so many different jobs you can do. You, know, you don't have to drive a reefer trailer. You could drive a flatbed. You could do a dump trailer. You could pull uh, heavy machinery. There's so many jobs that it's unlimited. And once you get some experience under your belt, you can pretty much pick and choose as long as you got a good driving record. Well, we got a buddy that uh, he drives a straight job truck. He drives for the Teamsters. 
But then he's also in Local 4 when he gets out mm-hmm. and he operates the boom lift on the back. Yeah. And he's putting sheetrock through yeah. the big windows. And so he loves it because there's diversity in the mm-hmm. trucking. So if you're interested in it, there's always some sort of aspect that you can take away. Or Yeah, and the more you learn in this business, the better off you're going to be and the more jobs you can get and the right. more licenses you have. Like I have hazmat, doubles, triples, tankers. I have a hydraulics license so I can run heavy equipment and right. I do. That's awesome. And the more experiences you get, the the more diversified you can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So let's get into some of the fun stuff. You're running a truck any given day. We talk a lot about tools. What's the one tool that you depend on and count on the most to get through your day? Not that it's going to be the end all be all, but you need to keep trucking. What's it going to be? I feel like you're lobbying this, lobbying this over the plate for me. You mean like, besides my work boots? Well, work gear, like a good pair of gloves, yeah, yeah. Yep. a flashlight, yep. some wrenches and some hammers. Got it. You so do you, you wrench on your own truck? And when I have to, yeah. yeah. I'm not a mechanic, but I can. You got to change a, a headlight or you know, a, a signal light, plug a tire. When you're on the side of the road, you can't sit there and wait two hours for a mechanic to come. Oh, yeah. It's know? probably even longer wait times yeah. now. And unfortunately, some companies nowadays, they tell you to just wait. They don't want you working on the trucks. And these, really? some of these trucks are so technical. You probably oh, couldn't, yeah. Wow. couldn't anyways. But, but back in the day, I mean, just some some electrical tape and uh, we'll wow. get you down the road wow. you know, until right. you can get to a so, truck yeah, stop. So it's it's fixed, more simple yeah. tools that they get you yeah. through the day. Yeah. yeah. And then... All right, so forgetting trucking, mm-hmm. which I know is your life. It's really hard for me to forget trucking. Exactly. You know, I like to ride ATVs. Jeremy likes to go mm-hmm. shoot guns and who <laughs> do knows? All sorts do all, of all sorts of stuff. It's going to be the most boring. <laughs> when you get to unwind from trucking, sure. and, and it's not just spending time with your family, which oh. we know you love to spend time with your family. Oh, that's all I do. Yeah. You have a release. Yeah. Could be weird stuff, movies, TV, whatever. What is it? Well... Hmm, that's a good question. You said it could be weird stuff too. <laughs> I'm the most boring. I'm the most boringest person. Listen, not not hanging out with my family. We do go, like to go to a lot of nice restaurants, like restaurants okay. you wouldn't expect. Okay. Me to go to. We go to the expensive restaurants nice. with the good food and get dressed up. Ooh, nice. Um, but for a release, I like to go out and stand by 95 and take pictures of trucks and take videos of trucks and, <laughs> and drive around looking for people to videotape and looking for cool trucks. And that's my release. I swear, I don't, I don't have any other hobbies. I have no other oh, hobbies. I love that's that. It. Maybe I love a little barbecue, a little addic- barbecue. And, oh, I'm totally addicted to trucks. Yeah. It's, it's so, and, you know, luckily my family supports that. Trucks, trucks, yeah. trucks, it's a little addiction. bit of barbecuing and a little bit of fine dining. But yeah. Fine dining. Yeah. Now, would you ever get an old truck and a show truck? That would be a, a, a goal of mine. What, what one would it be? Uh, either a 359 Peterbilt or a cab over Kenworth K100. That, that would be Ooh. good. Yeah. Just take it to shows. I'm like in my 60s. That'd be a nice goal to pinstripe have. Pinstripe yeah. the shit out of it? Oh, it's chrome, pinstripe, <laughs> wax it, throw flower pots in it, you know, <laughs> put it on my lawn when I'm, when I'm too old to drive it. Yeah. That's the goal. It's funny because some of these trucks that I see at going to the truck shows, they're mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Like Hallamore's got a nice oh, yeah. setup. I mean, there's just... So many of them out there that are crazy, and it and a, a lot of them have stayed in the family. A lot of yeah. them are trucks that they've just parked, and then they've been there for 30, 40 years. And then oh, like, yeah, yeah, and they get passed down. There's a whole nother aspect of trucking, this truck show stuff. It's money, chrome, it's families are all into it, pinstriping, spending a weekend at a truck show, and people like me, I like nothing better than to just sit there and look at trucks and 
I tried to polish all the chrome on our Peterbilt. We have a sander. Mm -hmm. And after the sanding season, it would be just completely yeah. junk. And I'd sit there with a buffer and, and one rim. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. Yeah. And there's guys out there that, that's out there. I'm, I'm a polishing nut. Uh, if you? you go to watch the Boston Trucker on YouTube, <laughs> yeah. I'm a, you'll see I'm a polishing cleaning truck fanatic. Yeah. You will not see my truck dirty unless it just rained or snowed out. Wow. I will lose sleep. I will leave my family at two hours early to go wash my truck on a Sunday morning. Oh, you know, wow. I'm, I'm going, I'll, I'll be back in an hour. And well, I, can, I, I can do it pretty fast. It's crazy because a lot of companies require your, their truck to be immaculate. Yeah. I mean, it, probably back in the day, it was, trucks would get destroyed. By well, they still get destroyed. And you were saying, Eric, that, uh, you know, a lot of guys either love it or hate it. And there are a lot of drivers that they seem to be miserable and you can tell that they're stuck in the job, and you can tell by the way the truck looks. Yep. There's fuel caked on the tanks. The dashboards are covered. They might just be slobs too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you're into it and you love it, you're going to treat your truck like your home. If you if you live in it, even if you don't, you know, you got to have. I always say pride in your ride. Yeah. You got to have pride in your ride, and if you don't have that, you don't have any of them. No, yeah. That's a good. Yeah. You know, no, same. that's a perfect segue. There's a bumper sticker for you. Pride. Yeah. In your, by the way, you should. Yeah. You should, I've, you should I've used that. it. It's a few. There's a few. There's a bunch of us that use it now, but <laughs> but I coined it a long time ago. There you go. So, this has been incredible. I went from zero to 60, and Jeremy knew probably 30 and went to maybe 80 <laughs> on trucking. So, for folks that are interested in this, interested in your story, interested in you, mm -hmm. what social channels sure. can they meet you on? Uh, what, whatever, uh, where, what can we help you do? The Boston Trucker on YouTube, number one. I'm always looking to get subscribers on there. If you want to, I'm on TikTok now. My kids got me onto TikTok a year Ooh. ago. I was against it. I am totally addicted to TikTok too. That's, an, that's another hobby of mine. Sounds like giving an addictive personality. Uh, yeah, the social media for sure. And Instagram, if you want to send me a message on Instagram, I pretty much respond to everybody eventually. Yep. So you want to get any awesome. questions about trucking or some, want some advice? If you're local and you're looking for a job, sometimes I can point people in the right direction and I'll try to help out anybody I can. Awesome. Well, th thanks for being on our show. And uh, we're glad to have you. And it was great to take a deep dive in, into the trucking world. And uh, this definitely won't be the last of us. So right. we'll definitely Looking hang forward out to it. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me on here.